Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says this, it says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall receive power. The Greek word is the word dunamis, which is supernatural ability, dynamic ability. You are energized for exploits. I am energized for exploits. You've been supernaturally empowered for divine exploits. It is not by coincidence that God has placed you here, that God has called you here. God has called you for such a time as this. He has appointed you to be a vessel of change, blessing to your generation. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. A vessel, blessing, blessing, vessel. <laughs> Glory be to God. Glory be to God. You are a blessing to your generation. I want you to declare that right now in your homes and in this place. I am a blessing to my generation. I'm not convinced. I am a blessing to my generation. You weren't born in this hour by mistake. You weren't born in this hour by coincidence. You were born in this hour for divine exploits. Daniel chapter 11, verse 32. It says this. The latter part of that text is so beautiful. It says, but the people who know their God. It doesn't say the people who know about their God. It doesn't say the people that knew about their God. It says the people that know their God. Are there any people here today that are watching even in this place that know their God? If you know your God, I want you to lift up a shout right now to Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, I've, I've gotten to this place in my life where either I believe the Bible and I, and I expect it to work or I don't believe it at all. You see in this hour, as is rightfully said, that God has already given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him. The Bible says that in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. And God made the Word flesh in Jesus. So Jesus was the Word made flesh. You see, if you want to know more about who you are in Christ, you need to get into the Word. I've titled the message tonight, You've Already Got It. Everybody say it right now. I've already got it. I've already got it. You've already got it watching right now. As a Holy Ghost, fire-filled believer, you've already got it. You know this weekend right here in South Africa, a law was passed or, or was, was attempted to be passed that we celebrate Ancestor Weekend. Do you understand that the level of wickedness that is on the rise in this hour is simply because righteous people, you and I, are not doing anything about it. But I tell you, there's a new generation, and that new generation in this place, that new generation watching all around the nations of the world, there's a new generation of young people rising up that are going to say, no, we're not going to worship ancestors, we're going to worship the living God who's still alive and well and seated at the right hand of the Father. You can't, serve a you can't serve a living God and live a dead life. 
Let me say that again. You can't serve the living God and live a dead life. Your life is, your life should be marked by signs and wonders. You know, the other day, now shared a testimony, and I shared this a few weeks back when we preached, two weeks ago, that someone who was 20 meters away from this building, this great facility, the great faith dome, had never heard about Jesus. It, it, it convicted me because every single day, every, every hour of the day that I'm out of this building and I encounter the world, we encounter people who don't know Jesus. Perhaps this week you encountered someone. You encountered someone who doesn't know Jesus and you did absolutely nothing about it. I'm here to tell you today that that changes from tonight onwards in Jesus' mighty name. You will leave this place and you will testify. You will speak of the goodness of the faithfulness of God. But you say, Jade, if I've already got it, how do I live in that reality? Well, I'm glad you asked. You see, there are three things that I want to give you today. And I want you to write these down. Three keys. Three keys. Just three. You can't lose these. If it's not on paper, it's vapor. Three requirements is this. The first one. And this one, we live in a society today where it's all about the vibe. You see, we are called to be attached to the vine and not bound by the vibe. In this hour, there's just vibe everywhere. I mean, I'm living for the vibe. I'm living for the vibe. I'm living for the vibe. Let me tell you, the vibe will send you straight to hell. But when you remain attached to God and you say, Lord, I choose to remain attached to the vine, I tell you, you will always produce fruit when everybody else is not producing. You will always produce fruit. The first requirement is this, reverential fear of God. Write that down. The fear of God. Reverential fear of God. And it's not this fear that, you know what, God's going to take my life if I just step out of line. You know, if I just make one mistake, God's about to take me out. No. It's you saying, Lord, I honor you. I choose to serve you above how I feel, above what I see, in spite of what people are saying about me. I choose to honor you. I fear you, Lord. It's the reverential fear of God that is the beginning of wisdom. You see, Psalm 120, 112 verse 1 says this, Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord. You may be wondering right now why there isn't a why there's no blessing in your life. Why it feels like there's just a curse associated with my life. Why everything I do, everything I pursue seems to fail. Have you been fearing God? Have you lost the fear of God? Have you, do you truly fear God? Do you truly fear God? Even in this place today, do you truly fear God? Because if you did, that fear, the Bible says that perfect love casts out all fear. That fear that we're talking about is a reverential fear that is, that is fundamentally undergirded by love. You see, if you don't fear God, you'll always fear man. And a man who is intimate with God is not intimidated by man. You refuse to be intimidated. The second key, I want you to write this down. And it's very interesting now because you touched on this during the week. It's commitment. Commitment to God. Everybody say commitment. Say it like you mean it. Commitment. It's commitment. If you've ever been in a relationship, you're committed. <laughs> For those of you who are married right now, I'm committed to my wife. <laughs> I'm not single. I'm committed. 
you've ever done something, you, you're committed in that relationship. You see, an undying commitment to God will always result in an undying commitment from God on your behalf. See, wherever you go, whatever you do, when you're committed to God, the Bible says that He will make level every single path, but there's a prerequisite. It's you saying, Lord, I'm committed to you. I'm choosing to live in your way. I'm choosing to do your will. And as you do so, you make level every single path. Shantae said it. Shantae said it so nicely. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3. That we have all things by His divine power. By His divine power. When you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, by His divine power, that dunamis ability has given us all things, not some things, all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him. You have all things. But again, whether you choose to experience and live in that reality is up to you. Nobody else can do that for you. Nobody else can search the scriptures. Nobody else can open the word for you. It's an undying commitment to his word. And number three is intimacy. Intimacy. Intimacy with the most high God. You see, Paul wrote this in Philippians chapter 3 verse 10. And he says, that I may know him. There's that word knowing again. Again, it's not about knowing about God. It's not, a know, it's not about knowing about all the great things he has done. It's knowing him. You know, Paul writes this from such a deep place because think about this, having experienced shipwreck, having experienced stoning, having experienced scourging, being locked in the innermost dungeon. He had every reason to give up. And today, we may not know the pressures you may be facing. All sorts of pressure. Debt, sickness, generational curses, whatever it may be. Let me tell you, in the presence of God, where the enemy thought he could keep you bound, where he thought he could keep you locked up, today that changes and your story changes from henceforth in Jesus' name. If you receive that, I want you to give Jesus the biggest shout of praise. Hallelujah. Paul writes and he says that I may know him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings being conformed to His death. You've already got a child of God. You've already got it. You've got all things that pertain to life and godliness. But it's up to you to live in that reality. I want you to live in that reality. To cultivate that reality by spending intimate moments with God. You see, Acts chapter 4, I always go there because it's so dear to me. Peter and John heal a lame man. And it's very interesting that, yes, you may say, but the religious folk of that day knew Peter and John. They knew that they had spent time with Jesus. It's very interesting that the scripture in Acts chapter 4, and you can read this at a later stage, says that they marveled because they saw that Peter and John were ordinary men. But what's beautiful is this, is that they marveled at the fact that Peter and John had been with Jesus. Have you been with Jesus? How intimate have you been with Him? How connected are you with Him?
Where is your heart today? See, man can see what you do, but God looks at the heart. The Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. The condition of your heart in this hour. See, you've got everything. You've got it all. God has given it to you all. He's given all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him to you as a child of God. He's given it all to you. But to experience and to live in that reality comes back to the foundation of intimacy. The King of Glory is here tonight. Some of you haven't smiled in forever. When you leave this place tonight, you'll have joy unspeakable and you'll be full of glory in Jesus' name. Oh, joy unspeakable and full of glory. 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 Oh, thank you, Jesus. See, in order to bring change to our generation, in order to bring change to this world, I want you to recognize something. Stay in this atmosphere. Allow the Lord to minister to you. Do whatever. And you at home as well. Allow the Lord to touch you. But hear this. In order to change the world, we must be changed. The Bible says that we are in this world. But we're not of this world. And many of us instead, we've swapped it around and we're of this world, but we're not in this world. We're doing everything that the world is doing and tonight God is calling you out of that. God is calling you to a life of holiness, to be dedicated and consecrated unto Him. This is the moment, tonight is the night. An encounter changes everything. One encounter with Jesus, the risen King. One encounter with Him changes everything. It can change your whole life's trajectory. Some of you have been dealing with so much stuff, but as God is encountering you right now at home and in this place, your life trajectory, <laughs> I can't even pronounce it, is changing. He's turning that death sentence around to a life sentence. You will live long in Jesus' name. You will not die young. The Spirit of the Lord comes upon you so that He can work through you. The Spirit of the Lord comes upon you tonight so that He can do the work through you. So that you can bring change wherever you go. And someone at home or even if you're in this venue, you need to hear this, that it's not too late for you. The time is now. Think about Saul, who we know as Paul. 
The man had a zeal for persecuting Christians. The man had a zeal, a passion for murdering, arresting, capturing Christians. Wasn't interested in God. He was zealous in persecuting those who were followers of the way. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He believed that his purpose was to be made manifest, to capture Christians. But a day came when he was on the road to Damascus and he encountered the way. He encountered the one that he was persecuting. And isn't it funny? He responded with, Lord. He responded with, who are you, Lord? <laughs> and it was that one encounter that changed everything. He went from persecuting Christians to preaching the gospel. Your situation is not too hard for God. Oh, if you'll meet him tonight, he'll change everything for you. Think about Moses in Exodus chapter 3. The man was a murderer. He murdered somebody. And so he escaped Egypt, ended up in another area. And in Exodus chapter 3, he encounters God in the burning bush. And he encounters Yahweh. I am that I am. He encounters the king, a murderer. And that very encounter, everything changes about him. And God gives him an instruction purpose is imparted on the inside of him and God tells Moses I've been hearing the cries of my people they've reached my ears I've hear their cries and isn't it crazy that God sent a murderer some of you have been running away from God some of you that are watching me right now at home, you've been running away from the Lord because you think you're too far off, think what you've done is too bad, that you can never come to Him. Now's the time to stop running away and start running too. Many of us ask the question, why am I so broken? Stop going to the devil for repairs. In the venue, you may take a seat. If you want to stay standing, you're more than welcome to. This is the message of the gospel. He is calling us unto himself. Oh, he wants to encounter you and he wants to change your life forever. Just as Moses' life was changed forevermore and God gives him the instruction that he's going to go forth and he's going to lead Israel out going to emancipate them, lead them out of bondage. And God tells him this purpose. I'm sure Moses felt, I'm not good enough. How can I do that? 
Some of you may be feeling that, that you've been dreaming dreams and you're at home and there's things that God is calling you to and you like Moses, you're like, how? See, because after an encounter, God does two things. He imparts purpose and then He gives an instruction. And so God encountered Moses and imparts purpose on the inside of him, gives him an instruction. And what does Moses say? How? Who am I? Let me read it to you. Write it down in your Bible, write it down in your notes, Exodus chapter 3. And God gives Moses this instruction and lets him know that's what he's going to do. That's why, that's his purpose. And what happens? Moses protested to God. Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? And God answered. Isn't it funny how when God answered Moses, Moses was saying, who am I? I'm not good enough. How can I go? How can I do what you've told me to do? But how does God respond? What does God say to him that's key, that's fundamental for all of us to understand? God says something so beautiful and he says, the Bible says, God answered, I will be with you. See, it's not about who you are. It's who is with you. <laughs> it's not where you come from. It's who you carry. It's not the color of your skin or your gender or what your bank account might reflect or what your house looks like, looks like or what clothes you're wearing or how smart you are. It's who's with you. It's who's in you. It's who's empowering you. It's who's called you. It's who's anointed you. See, God was doing something beautiful. Yeah, He was letting Moses know Moses. <laughs> Moses. It's not about who you are. It's who's in you. God is saying to every single one of you tonight, I'm with you. Even in this atmosphere, God is right now, He's showing you what, what, what your purpose is. As He's encountering you, He's giving you instruction tonight. And you at home and He's telling you what He has called you to do. Don't be like Moses and say, who am I? Brother, thank God that, thank you God that you're on the inside of me. That you're with me. That no, no matter how hard it might look or how big the assignment might look, you're with me. You see, what we've got to recognize is that these encounters, this encounter that Moses had with God, with Yahweh, I am that I am, this encounter that Saul, who later became Paul, had with God on the road to Damascus, changed everything. Changed everything. You have to be changed to bring change. You want to see your generation saved? Encounter God. And as you in this room and you at home, as you are having an encounter even right now with the King, 
God is going to give you an instruction. And it's not who you are. It's not what you are capable of. But it is who is on the inside of you. It is who is with you. The I am that I am is with you. That name Yahweh, that's his covenant name. It means one who is worthy to be worshipped. One who is sovereign, all-powerful, almighty. He is for you tonight. You at home, He is for you tonight. See, and the Bible says something so beautiful. When Saul, who was killing Christians, encountered God, encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus, the Bible says in Acts chapter 9, I'm going to read it to you. Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest. He requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus, asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way that he found there. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. As he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And his response was, who are you, Lord? And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. Instruction. The men with Saul stood speechless for they heard the sound of someone's voice but saw nobody. Saul picked himself up off the ground but when he opened his eyes, he was blind. And so his companions led him by the hand to, to Damascus. He remained there blind for three days and did not eat nor drink. Now there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision calling Ananias. Yes, Lord, he replied. And the Lord said, go over to Straight Street to the house of Judas. When you get there, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He is praying to me right now. I have shown him a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so he can see again. But Lord, exclaimed Ananias, I've heard many people talk about the terrible things this man has done to the believers in Jerusalem. And he is authorized by, by the leading priest to arrest anyone who calls upon your name. But the Lord said, go, for Saul is my chosen instrument say this tonight I am his chosen instrument but Lord that the Lord said go for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings as well as to the people of Israel and I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake so Ananias went and found Saul he laid his hands on him and said brother Saul the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me so that you might regain your sight and filled with the Holy Spirit. Instantly, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he regained his sight. Then he got up and was baptized. And afterwards, he ate some food and regained his strength. Now, I want you to hear this. Saul stayed with the believers in Damascus for a few days. Next word, and immediately. And immediately. The one who was persecuting 
started preaching. The one who was so far off, if God was here, Saul was down there. After one encounter, the one that was persecuting the way began preaching the way. He didn't take a three month preparation time. He didn't wait to go to Bible school. Yes, Bible school is crucial. If you wanna be better equipped, he didn't wait for everybody to tell him he's good enough to preach the gospel. He didn't wait for anybody. The Bible says immediately he began preaching. Hear what I'm saying, children of God. The harvest is ready. There are people out there that need Jesus. There are people out there who need to know that He is the way, that He is hope, that there is something to live for. There's people out there, not even that are watching right now, that have no hope. They have no reason to live. And you see, once we've encountered Him, we change. And we carry change. What you carry on the inside of you has the power to change people's circumstances. Has the power to set your friend free from depression. Has your, the power to set your brother free from pornography. Has the power to get your granny healed. And God has chosen every single one of you that's in this venue and you that's online as His chosen instrument in this hour. He's chosen you, selected you. You did not choose me, but I chose you. Say this, I am chosen. You know what blesses me? The Bible says, and immediately he began preaching about Jesus in the synagogue saying he indeed is the son of God. And the Bible says all who heard him were amazed. And what they say, they said, isn't this the same man who caused such devastation among Jesus' followers in Jerusalem? They asked and didn't he come here to arrest them and take them in chains to the leading priests? And then the Bible says Saul's preaching became more and more powerful. And the Bible also says something in Galatians. It says that as they looked upon Saul, the Bible says from verses 23, they were only hearing it said, he who used to persecute us is now proclaiming the very faith. He went from persecuting to proclaiming. He is now proclaiming the very faith he once reviled and which he set out to ruin and tried with all his might to destroy. Verses 24, and they glorified God as the author and the source of what had taken place in him. God will be glorified because of your encounter. People after tonight will look upon you and glorify God because of what he has done in your life. In Jesus' mighty name. 
when you go back to work, people are going to look at you and they're going to glorify God because of this divine encounter that has taken place on the inside of you. Oh, you're not going to smoke weed with us anymore. No, I'm not going to smoke weed. Let me lay my hands upon you and get set free today in Jesus' name. Oh, you don't watch pornography anymore. No, I don't watch pornography anymore. Let me lay my hands upon you so that you can be made free. Oh, you don't want to go to the club anymore. Oh, you don't want to bunk school anymore. Oh, you don't want to do some cocaine in the bathroom at varsity. These are real situations that's happening every single day. And God has chosen you as His chosen instrument to be an agent of change. To be like Moses. To be like Saul who became Paul and went from, pro- from persecuting to proclaiming. Arise and shine for the time has come. Arise and shine for the time has come to preach the gospel. Arise and shine children of God. For there are people that you are encountering every day that need what you carry on the inside of you. Arise. Stop waiting. Stop caring what everybody is saying about you. Stop being worried about who likes you and who doesn't like you. Stop being focused on temporary things. Get your eyes onto Jesus because there's a very real hell. But likewise, there's a very real heaven. And I made up my mind that when God set me free from pornography, when God set me free from anxiety, when God set me free from suicidal thoughts, when God set me free from booze, cigarettes, and and, and drugs, when God made me free, when He set me free from panic attacks. You know, there were nights where I used to lie in bed and, man, I, and I felt like my heart was going to explode because I was in a place of anxiety because I was running away from the Lord. But I encountered Jesus. And it was at the moment that I encountered Him. It was at the moment that I gave my life to Him that I said, Jesus, I will never shut my mouth. I will never be a silent Christian. I will never just walk past everyday people and not say something. What people think about you means zip. Means nothing. I've had my best friends, people I was best friends with, and because I love Jesus, unfriended me on Facebook, blocked me on WhatsApp, unfollowed me on Instagram, uninvited me from their wedding, but I still pray for them. This is the hour to follow Jesus. This is the hour to be the follower or to be a follower of the way.